Hello, and welcome to the Pet Finder Adoption Options Podcast. I'm Katie Schmookey, and each week I'm going to be interviewing some of the best teachers in animal welfare to help you get more pets adopted. Let's get this episode started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Adoption Options Podcast, brought to you by Purina and Pet Finder. This week, we get to talk to Sandy Reese from Get Fully Funded, and she's going to talk to us about crisis fundraising, which is so important right now. And I think that my favorite bit from this interview is when she says, you know, now is not the time to stop fundraising. In fact, it's the opposite. It's the time to start fundraising. So she gives some really great ideas that I think you'll be able to to take and start using right away. And if you really enjoy hearing what she has to say on this episode, make sure you check out her YouTube channel, her Facebook group, and of course, we would encourage you to check out our Facebook group as well. So without further ado, here is Sandy. All right, so let's jump into it then. Um, So thank you again so much for being here. Um, We're so excited to have you. And for those who don't know or maybe have never heard of your organization, could you get us give us a little bit of background on you know how you got here um, and how you how you started your business? Sure. So it's a little bit of a long, convoluted story, but the truth is, I got into fundraising like a lot of people did. I fell into it. I never thought I was going to do this as a uh, a kid growing up. I was doing some marketing work and had the chance to go for a tour at the local rescue mission and I'd always supported them and done food jobs and such. And I was curious, but it was in kind of a scary part of town. So I never would go there on purpose, but they had this tour and I thought this will be safe. I can do this. Went, <laughs> went for a tour, me being me, I'm asking a lot of questions about how things work. And the next thing I know, they said, Hey, why don't you come join our board? Well, I didn't have any idea what that meant, but I was flattered. So I said, sure joined the board and I was in over my head immediately because, you know, when we join boards, when we get people on our board, we don't train them. We don't send them to board school or anything like that. We just like, Hey, I'll, I'll, you're supposed to understand how this all works all of a sudden, which I didn't. <laughs> um, I was on that board for about a year and they had a position that came open in their resource development office. And I looked at it and said, I can do that. It's marketing. That's all it is. So I talked to the president and he and I agreed I had the skill set. So I quit my job, resigned from the board, took that job, and I've never looked back. Um, It's been a wild ride. I've had so many crazy, wonderful, ridiculous, scary adventures in fundraising over the years. (laughs) Like, I should really write a book about all the crazy stuff that I've done and that has happened over the years. You should. You know, everything from taking a photographer, uh, like a Pulitzer Prize winning photographer uh, and writer out on a tour of rural East Tennessee to sitting for dinner with the chief marketing officer from Newman's Own to all kinds of other crazy stuff. It just, it's been so much fun. So I worked two or three jobs as a development person. Uh, Many of them, I was the first one. So I was kind of building from the ground up with the responsibility of fundraising squarely on my shoulders. Until 2005, I became quite restless, and a bunch of my girlfriends who worked in fundraising said, you need to be a consultant. You'd be really good at it, and I resisted. I said, I don't want to do that, and they said, no, there's, there's nobody in town doing this. You'd be great, and uh, I was like, well, okay, so I started Get Fully Funded December 1st, 2005, and here we are almost 15 years later, and uh, it's crazy the things that we get to do now, and the organizations that we work with. And, and really, I started just me 
in a desk in my bedroom in my house. And now we have an, we have an office. I have a staff of three and we work with literally hundreds of organizations all over the world. It's the craziest thing. About half of our clients are animal rescue, animal welfare. And the rest of them are a lot of basic needs. Um, We get a lot of what I call mom and pop organizations where they're, they're not part of like the Red Cross that is a huge organization and has a national brand. It's, it's a nonprofit that's been started by somebody who just felt the pull on their heart. And that's actually who I love to help and work with are people who are kind of entrepreneurial in their spirit. They're, we work with a lot of founders, a lot of people who have started their organization. They tend to be you know, crazy passionate. They want to make a big difference. They're willing to do the work. They just want somebody to point them in the right direction. Right. Right. So, and that's something I totally admire about your organization. And you know, whenever we were out speaking at adoption options events, I think that you were one of the most highly rated speakers because you can speak to that tiny, you know, mom and pop organization and small rescue all the way up to a large shelter. So I just, I think that your organization's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. So you kind of touched on this, but right now things are so different for, <laughs> for everything in animal welfare. We've had to relearn how to do adoptions and marketing our pets. And, you know, a lot of organizations have to cancel their fundraising events and they're just kind of feeling stuck. So what are some things that you think they can do to try and pull themselves up, up off the ground? Yeah, it, it's a crazy time for sure. So here's the first thing that I want people to know. Now is not the time to stop. You should not be pressing the pause button right now. You should be pressing the play button right now. Even if, even if you have a shelter, and we have lots of clients in this situation where the shelter is basically empty because when this all ramped up, they put out a call for fosters and people came out of the woodwork to foster animals or to adopt. Now is not the time to say, oh, we can't raise money right now. People are hurting. People are out of work. Like, we we can't do that. And this is true. I saw a statistic, uh, I think, last week that basically said one out of every six people in the U.S. has filed for unemployment, which means they've lost their job. And that's sad. That's a lot of people. However, that means that five out of six people are still working. And you have a lot of people who have not been negatively impacted by the pandemic at all. They just happen to be working from home and dealing with their family 24-7. So it's Mm -hmm. actually not a bad time. And I can tell you stories of organizations that are actually doing really, really well right now and raising a lot of money. I just helped uh, an organization this week with Giving Tuesday Now. They'd never done that before. And we put their campaign together and launched it. And we were stunned at the people who just showed up. They'd never given before that were making some very nice donations to help them with the animals that still are in their care. So they don't, they don't have a whole lot. They support their local um, animal control. So if they, you know, got a stray or abandoned litter or whatever, they still have to take those animals in. But the point is don't, don't get fearful and stop right now because you think that people won't give, keep going, keep asking, because there are a lot of people out there who understand that nonprofits need help now more than ever, and they're willing to give. And they're willing to give to support operations. They're willing to give to help you just keep going until things get to a new normal where you can open your doors again and start doing, start running programs and doing your work. So that's the first thing is don't stop. 
The second, the mm -hmm. second thing is to get creative or what we call it is get scrappy. Are there things that don't work anymore? Absolutely. Did you have to cancel your spring walk? Probably. <laughs> is there something <laughs> different that you can do? Yes. So if you, if you get fearful, and I, I was reading an article the other day, and it was a psychologist talking about what happens when we get scared. When we perceive a threat, there's a, a part of our brain that immediately shuts down and tries to go into almost a hibernation. It's like it, our brain tries to protect us when we get scared because, you know, if we look around, we're like, oh, it's crazy time. Then there's a part of our brain that immediately goes, where's the threat? Where's the tiger? We're about to be eaten. And so we have to we have to really be aware of this and understand that's how our brain is working. It's been that way since caveman days. There's no tiger that's about to eat us. And so we have to we have to go, OK, wait a minute. Let me take a breath. Let me look around and see that I can't have my walk or my gala or whatever in-person event I was going to do. I can't do that. But what can I do? What can I do? What's possible? We have a, a cat rescue in Canada that we've worked with for several years. They had a walk scheduled for June. They went ahead and canceled it. And what they've done is they've, they've switched it to a virtual event. And they're in inviting people to like go outside and walk around your neighborhood and get your, get your friends to pledge a donation. Like you can still participate and we can do a portion of this online and we can still raise money to support the cats. And I'm like, that is brilliant. That's a great right? idea. Right. When that. you get scrappy and you start looking for options and looking for ways, they are there. If you're stuck in fear, you'll never see the options. So we have to we have to find a way to take a breath and start getting creative and look around. Um, it's one of the reasons that I've got a couple of different groups on Facebook, and I love encouraging people to share their ideas because somebody may say something that you that you read it and go, oh, that's a great idea. And here's how I want to put my own spin on that. So there's a lot to be learned from other people right now. And there, frankly, there are hundreds of webinars. There's tons of people like me who are out there trying to share information like crazy. Um, and I don't recommend you try to consume all of that because it's overwhelming. It's a little too much. <laughs> um, but you can pick and choose and find, you can find ideas. You can find people who are talking about um, online auctions and um, virtual concerts. I had another client that did a Facebook live concert a couple of weeks ago and raised like $8,000 in an hour. It was crazy. Um, so there's, wow. there's a lot that does still work. There's a lot that can be done, even though it may seem like, well, everybody's stuck at home and you can't really do anything. Nah, get scrappy, get yeah. scrappy. There's stuff. And I think you touch on something super important that you know, it's okay to look for inspiration in what other organizations are doing and, you know, kind of mimic that. Absolutely. There is no reason to reinvent the wheel. Like if we were not in a pandemic, I would still say find an organization somewhere <laughs> else in the country that is very similar to yours and watch what they're doing because you will learn so much from them. That was a, uh, that was a trick that I stumbled on probably about the second year that I was working in fundraising. I was working at a food bank and trying a lot of things and a lot of things that were working, but I was, I was um, really stumbling a lot and trying to figure some things out. And so I looked over uh, at another food bank about three hours away from us and they were a little bit bigger and I actually called them and said, can I come talk to you? And they said, sure. So I, they gave me a ton of materials and, and ideas and advice. And I just started watching what they were doing, knowing that they're about two or three steps ahead of me. And if something worked really well for them, it's probably going to work really well for me. And then I was able to call them and say, tell me the strategy behind that. Um, that's really key. 
We, we need to understand the strategy behind why people do things, not just, oh, look, that organization just did an online auction. Let's do that too. Well, we need to understand what they put in place and what they were thinking and how they invited people and how they got their stuff. And if you start building relationships with like uh, very similar organizations, a lot of people are happy to tell you what they did and what they were thinking and what worked and what didn't work. Yeah, that's great. That is awesome. So any other tips that you have to share? Well, I'll I'll tell you a couple other things that I think are working really well right now. Um, One is you got to show up more often than you're used to. You know, people, a lot of people are stuck at home. And frankly, time is very strange right now. Don't you think? Like we're all in this really (laughs) weird time warp where this happens a lot for me. The rest of my team is all working at home. I'm the only one in the office because the internet here is better than the internet at home. So (laughs) I drive to the office to use the internet. Um, But something will happen. We'll be on a go-to meeting or something. And I'll say, hey, remember uh, last week when such and such happened? And they're like, "Um, that was yesterday afternoon. Uh, You know, (laughs) time is just so weird right now. And so what that means is you can actually communicate with your audience more often than you're used to. So if you had been, let's say, sending out a newsletter once a month to keep your supporters kind of in the know, you can actually kick that up to every other week. And it's not too much, especially if you have something relevant to share. So communicating a little Mm -hmm. more often is a good idea. Um, Julie Edwards at Humane Society of Northeast Georgia. I'm (laughs) going to, isn't she the best? She's doing something right now that I think is super hot. And I think everybody could do this. Um, and, And by the way, you guys, all you have to do is like get on her website, drop a $5 donation or a $10 donation, and then just watch what she does because it is brilliant. Um, that's actually a very good way to see what other organizations are doing is give them a small donation and watch what they do. You'll learn a ton just from what they send out. Julie is doing this thing every Friday that she calls feel good Fridays. So on Fridays, um, can you, you may do that. You may get this too. I get an email from Julie on Friday and it's very short. There is no ask in it. And it basically tells me something good, something heartwarming, something that makes me say, Oh, that has happened during the week. <laughs> um, I've got another organization I support. It's a kitten rescue over in Asheville, North Carolina. It's called uh, Esther Neonatal Kitten, Res- uh, kitten Alliance, I think. Um, anyway, the uh, Andy Bingham is the director over there, and she's also doing this sort of thing. She doesn't do it every Friday. She does it every couple of weeks or like uh, 10 days or whatever. But she will send out like a 15-second video of a bottle baby eating with their little ears moving while they're sucking. It is the cutest thing ever. <laughs> so she started doing this. And, and both of these ladies, I think, are absolutely brilliant because what that does is that's an interruption in the stress and the worry that your donors are feeling. So, uh, you know, if I'm, even if we don't, if we don't think we are, we're all incredibly stressed out by all this. Our, our worlds are upside yeah. down. We don't know when normal is coming back. We're scared. We're scared to go out. We're scared to stay home. We're bored. We're tired. We're, it just, it's crazy time. So, and time is weird. So every day feels like a week. And then when you're working along and in the middle of all that, you get this email and it's this cute little kitten or a puppy or something that it interrupts all that worry and it makes you feel really good. And now all of a sudden you love this organization. So for those of you who have the opportunity to share the feel good stuff via email or on your Facebook page or whatever, 
run with that idea. It's hot. Video is amazing right now. Um, uh, so that, that I said, I think everybody can do, everybody can do some kind of feel good Friday, some kind of just every couple of weeks to make your donors say, Oh, that is great. Um, and yeah. there's so much more you can do with video. One of the other things that I've got a lot of my organizations doing right now is uh, virtual tours. So taking people on a virtual tour, because again, people are stuck at home. They're looking for things to do. Usage on Facebook is off the charts right now because uh, like if you go <laughs> sure. look at the statistics, more people are using Facebook and they're staying on Facebook longer than ever before. So you have a captive audience. You could do um, a Facebook Live and show people around your shelter, even if the shelter is empty. And you can say, normally, I wouldn't be able to do this kind of tour because you wouldn't be able to hear me. The dogs would be barking. But right now, all of our dogs are out in foster care, blah, 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 blah. And you can talk about how that happened, how cool that was. And, and you can you, you have just have the opportunity, whether you use a Facebook Live or you do a recorded video, you have the opportunity to kind of walk through and show people what your organization is all about and talk about what's happening or not happening right now. So if you have a uh, a high volume, low cost spay neuter clinic, you could say, well, right now you can see there's nothing going on. We can't do surgeries until the stay at home is lifted in our state. And then we will begin doing those again. And on average, we do 35 of those a day and blah, 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 blah. blah. So off you go there. So for the, uh, that works really well for those who have facilities. Now I, I can just imagine that there are people listening to this saying, well, but we're foster based and we, we don't have a facility. Okay. Then what do you have? What would you normally be doing that's not happening right now? What is happening right now that's not normal? So for, for those of you who are foster-based, you could talk about how maybe you had all kinds of people raising their hand wanting to foster animals, wanting to take in. Maybe you're providing additional resources to your fosters. Maybe you're doing more one-on-one -on -one support calls or more training, or um, you can't go out to adoption events, so your fosters are having to keep the animals a little longer than usual. Get creative with it. Look around and just see what's happening or not happening that you can talk about. Even if you're just from your own home and you say, well, you know, we run our foster organization here out of my house. Here's the desk. And normally in a day, this and this and this would happen. And right now, none of those things are happening. You know, maybe you say, right. maybe you say normally in a day, we'd be getting five or six phone calls from local shelters asking us if we could take in animals. And right now that's not happening and it breaks my heart. And here's why, because that means those shelters are not taking in animals. That means there's more strays out there who are going to suffer longer. They're going hungry longer. There's more litters being born that are not being properly cared for, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. you see how you can kind of follow so that do around. You think, yeah. Do you think that there's any, um, kind of time limit for a video where you get more engagement or more fundraising dollars from that? I think it depends on what you're doing. If you're doing some kind of an update, you definitely want to keep that really short. Um, I've got some folks doing what we're calling fireside chat updates where it's just a really short, <laughs> I know, right? Like about a three, four, maybe five minute video um, to tell people, here's what's going on at our organization. Here's how the crisis has impacted the animals and impacted those we serve. Uh, and here's what's coming next. Just to give people an update, um, if you're going to do a virtual tour, I think it depends. If it, you're going to record it and maybe just throw it on Facebook or put it on your website, I would keep it no more than seven minutes. Um, five, five minutes is best. Less is more when it comes to video. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the, the thing is, 
as long as it's interesting, people will tolerate a longer video. What we have to avoid, and I literally just gave a bunch of my clients tips on videos, we have to avoid the slow opening because people are going to decide in the first like 10 to 15 seconds if they're going to watch the video or not. And it's probably shorter than that. It's probably more like three to five seconds. So if you, uh, if you have a very slow open on your video and you go, hi, thank <laughs> you for watching. I just wanted to shoot this video. Are you guys bored already? You are, <laughs> right? So if it takes you forever to get into it, uh, people are not going to watch. So um, technology causes things to be a little bit um, more demanding of us when we're either like this, doing a podcast or doing a video. You have to really amp your energy up. You have to hit it fast. When I shoot a video, and you guys can go on um, getfullyfundedtv.com, you'll find my YouTube channel, and you'll see that when the video starts, I immediately go like, hey, you guys, this is Sandy Reese from Get Fully Funded, where we show small nonprofits how to raise money. And today, I want to give you a tip about blah, blah, blah. So I'm like upping my energy. I'm hitting it immediately with who I am, what I'm doing, what you're going to get today. And what happens then is when you can do, when you can present that information that fast, people go like, oh, this is going to be good. And they'll, they'll stick yeah. around. So don't, don't do the slow open. Keep it moving. Keep it interesting. Um, I have another client right now that uh, actually raises service dogs. And he's been doing a series of videos. And what I love about him is it's him in the yard with these puppies. So, you know, puppies in a video is always a good thing. And, and right now, I think they, today I got a video, I think it's number five or six. And they've been sending one every day. And they're about two minutes long, two, two minutes, two and a half. He's basically telling the story of how they got started and why they do what they do and how it makes a difference. And normally I would be, mm, I don't really know that that's going to work, but it has been so much fun to watch every day when that, when that email hits my box and like, Oh, I want to see what Charlie's saying today. So you can also, you know, think about something like that where he, he doesn't have a slow start. He gets right to it. He's telling his story. Stories are magic when you can start to talk to people about, why you do what you do and how animals are going to suffer if you weren't there and maybe why this particular uh, volunteer, this particular foster is so critical to your operations and their story and how they got started. And, and the stories are magic and they'll keep people engaged. So I'm really a huge proponent right now of video because it's a great way to take people visually and emotionally to the front lines of your organization to show them what you do. And even if you're really not doing that much right now, you can still raise money that way. You can still talk about our spay-neuter clinic is not working right now, but as soon as the stay-at-home is lifted, we're going to get started doing surgeries again, and we are going to need your support to be ready to do that. And I'll tell you guys, one of, the, one of the things that I do that gives me so many ideas, number one, I watch what a lot of people are doing. So for those of you who are not on other organizations' lists, you need to get on them. Just like I mentioned with Julie, go go drop a donation on several different um, organizations' websites and just watch what they're doing because there are a lot of really creative people out there and they are doing some crazy good stuff right now. Crazy good stuff. Um, we, we've got another organization we work with in Florida that has a farm animal sanctuary. She just started a program for kids to become pen pals with one of the animals. She teaches, she does a lot of humane education and she does a lot of, like used to do a lot of tours at the farm. Well, the kids can't come to the farm now. So she got this idea of like, let's do, let's, let's set this up for kids to be pen pals. 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so brilliant. Brilliant. Because how, that is right? Yeah. How many parents are at home right now? Like I need something for my kids to do. And it's, it's a great yeah. activity for like first graders, second graders, third grade, like that age group. It's perfect for them. So you guys really watch what a lot of other people are doing because there's some creative people out there and they, they're hitting it out of the park right now. So if you're not sure, if you're not sure who to follow, um, jump into our, our Facebook group. We have a, a group on Facebook that's free. It's called Fundraising for Founders. There's a lot of animal groups in there. Or just look around you. Look at what your colleagues are doing. And then also watch what's happening in other industries and in other kinds of nonprofit. Because you might find um, you might find a food bank outside of Houston that's doing something just amazing that you say, that is awesome. And I think I know how I can make that work for animal welfare. I can make that work for my organization. Um, but just watch what other people are doing. Again, there's so much, there's so many creative things that are happening right now that there's no shortage of ideas. Just get out there and start looking around. And if you're not sure who to look at, like start with Julie Edwards, Humane Society of Northeast Georgia. <laughs> She's a good one. Um, and then come hop in our uh, fundraising for founders group on Facebook and you'll find some other people. They're doing crazy good stuff. Yeah, I think that's such a great point to uh, wrap up on. But before we do, where can people find more information? I know they're going to want to keep engaging with you after hearing this. You're such a great speaker. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I, I was telling somebody yesterday, I'm such a nerd about fundraising. I love to raise money. I was running a campaign Tuesday for Giving Tuesday. I had a blast, just a blast. But this is good news for a lot of people that I'm a nerd because I'm always looking for... I'm always looking for the practical tactical and how can we make this work, especially for really small organizations. So um, you guys can find me at getfullyfunded.com. That's our website. And there are a ton of resources there. If you get on the blog, there are probably about a half a dozen articles that are specific for fundraising during this coronavirus crisis. Everything from how do you salvage your fundraising event to how do you run a virtual fundraiser to how do you develop donor relationships when you have to do it at a distance and, and, and on and on it goes. So getfullyfunded.com. I mentioned our YouTube channel, Fundraising for Founders on Facebook. Um, and then, of course, we're on other places, too. But those are going to be the main places for you to pick up info. And honestly, the Facebook group, I'm in there every day. And you can come in there and um, just enjoy the group and the camaraderie and know that you're not alone. You can ask me questions. I've got other coaches who are in there. would be happy to help you as well. So there is help out there and you do not have to feel like the Lone Ranger right now. You don't. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so great. Well, thank you so much for coming onto our podcast and I can't wait to hear more about what, um, what kind of tips and tricks you have. On Perfect. Your well, thanks for inviting me. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Adoption Options Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give us a rating on your podcast platform. If you're on Facebook, please search for our Adoption Options Closed Community Facebook group to be the first to know about new episodes, hear from our speakers, and connect with your animal welfare peers. We'll see you next week.